0: Hello, Uh, this is just a quick reminder that this is actually part two of my conversation with Katie Walker, CRNA and CEO of Revitalist Lifestyle and Wellness. This week, we really get into the nuts and bolts of running a large public company with many employees and investors to please. If you missed last week's episode, make sure you go back and give it a listen. I hope you enjoy part two of our discussion. Welcome to the Plan B CRNA podcast. I'm your host, Bobby Jones, and I'm so excited that you're here. The Plan B CRNA podcast is the only show made specifically for nurse anesthetists who are exploring options outside of their traditional career paths. This is the place to expand your mind and your goals as we uncover new ways to produce side income together. Join me for some honest, unscripted discussions with other CRNAs who are transforming their financial lives. This episode is brought to you by On-Call Capital. Oncall call Capital is dedicated to educating CRNAs and other healthcare providers about investing outside of the traditional stock market. On-Call Capital also provides opportunities for you, yes you, to create passive income and generational wealth while also lowering your taxable income through investments in the apartment and alternative investment spaces. If you haven't hit subscribe yet, make sure you do that right now so that you don't miss an episode. Thanks so much for joining me today and now on with the show. You guys are, you know, publicly owned, and most companies out there are privately owned. So, what made you guys first start thinking about having a public listing? And, you know, how fun was that process?
1: (laughs) Uh, Well, you know, right? That's very interesting. Yeah, (laughs) right. So, CRNAs entrepreneurial piece for CRNAs. I'm pretty sure I would be. I would. I I really want to do this study one day. So, if there's a CRNA out there listening to this that had like statistics and studies, I would love to see some type of study out there that showed that CRNAs were the most entrepreneurial profession out there. And I would be surprised if there were others out there that were more entrepreneurial than they were in the healthcare system, Mm -hmm. Um, because I really think that that's a unique aspect there. Um, So yeah, with those pieces, so there are, right, there's already some companies like ours that are on NASDAQ. Um, so I started receiving a lot of calls, um, from people wanting to, um, get in the space, right. Cause it's a, you know, they're expecting the psychedelic space is going to be a 10 to $30 billion market. And ketamine is kind of the first real time psychedelic ish thing, you know, that they're categorizing. So that's kind of how the investors started coming in. Um, you know, one group that we actually ended up partnering with, Um, when I started talking to them, they came to me and they said, Hey, you know, they really want to do this, like to make it like cannabis kind of clinics. And I was like, yeah, it's not gonna work different. Um, you know, so that group actually shifted their entire mindset. They listened to what I was saying and they said, you're right. Let's just do a completely different deal just with us. Let's figure it out. You know, so those are the ones like when they said that and two, so with Revitalist, which I owned in 2018 and now the public owns, um, you know, with Revitalist specifically, I was personally, my uh, closed-mindedness was going to keep it separate mm-hmm. from all the other ones that we were going to open because that was my baby. Um, but, you know, my my husband made a good point when he said, uh, well, how are you going to get people to believe in your vision if you're keeping yours here? And he was right. I was like, okay, I hear that.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah.
1: You know, so um, with that piece, you know, we decided to make Revitalist the public company and really want it to be as comprehensive as possible to where we can move forward with this. So um, fortunately, the partners that I do have, they have a lot of experience in the capital markets. Most of them are CPAs, uh, which is, you know, what you need for a successful yep. business. But yeah, so, um, you know, we, we it only took us about six months to get listed publicly on the Canadian Securities Exchange. And then now we're actually also on OTC. So OTC mm-hmm. is over-the-counter exchange to where you know Americans can actually buy Canadian stock with U.S. dollars. So you can do Robinhood, Fidelity, all those guys um, have mm-hmm. revitalists. So OTC's ticker is like RVLWF. Um, but then we're also on the Frankfurt Securities mm-hmm. Exchange because why would you choose Frankfurt? Frankfurt is actually one of the largest stock exchanges in the world. Mm-hmm. So we even have people internationally. So you can buy actually stock in US dollars, Canadian or Euro. Um, So with that piece, you know, the biggest thing is um, learning to do stock videos for investors, right? Mm -hmm. Because, you know, in the Mm -hmm. hospital system, we don't care who you are, what you are, we're here to take care of you. And that shifts when you're talking to investors, um, because, you know, I mean, they don't Want to walk out and put their money in something to where there's no return? Like mm-hmm. there's got to be a two way street. How can you help me? How can I help you? How can we create this partnership to where both parties are happy? Mm-hmm. So that's a piece of it, you know. Um, but yeah, the public company, I'm still learning. Right, a lot mm-hmm. of that. Gotta be mm-hmm. a second. Um, but I have a great team to where they actually will break down a lot of those things for me um, because I just don't, you know. You, and it, well, heck. In healthcare, we don't teach anything about business. Nobody knows business, right? So it's learning all all these things, having these awesome CPAs, understand the public, the private sector, you know, all these different pieces. Mm -hmm. And and really, I mean, I've I've really been blessed with that. Um, You know, looking at the piece when they, because we're supposed to be open up 156 clinics by 2025. Mm -hmm. Um, But looking at that, you know, why would I want to do that? And it's because I started seeing the... um, Gross exaggeration of thought processes out there, yeah, yeah. Um, to where people, to a point, I don't feel are always thinking comprehensively about risks and benefits and long term things. As you know, so I wanted to start. I was like, okay, I'll help you because I want to maintain quality, and that's a big piece with revitalists. Is we want to maintain quality. We want to make sure there's some type of continuity of care because that doesn't really exist in the outpatient world. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, and, and, and evolving best practices, right? Mm-hmm. As anesthesia providers, we're so scientifically driven, we can understand the science and put it in real life. Yeah. And that's a bridge a lot of people don't understand. Like, I don't think CRNAs understand how unique they are as providers. And once they get in this space, they'll start to identify it more. It's just going to be on the CRNA, the um, empowering confidence that we have. Are we going to balance that the best by taking care of ourselves? And then also knowing when to ask for help to have that support for that business. Mm -hmm. You know, so that's a big piece there.
0: So does part of your expansion include, um, like say say a CRNA is running their own business, but they're just having problems. It's it's a lot to juggle on their own, and they call you up and they say, you know, hey, I, you know, are you offering space in your company? Would you like to take over my clinic, or would you like to to come in and advise us? Uh, what what kind of services do you offer in that realm, or you know, what does that kind of an interaction look like for you guys?
1: Yeah. So a couple of things. So we do, we do a buy and build, right? So we acquire, we're doing like a, right now we're doing an 80% build, 20% buy, Okay. Um, but, but we, we are acquiring clinics for that. We are talking to, you know, everybody who owns the clinics, you know, as long as they meet a common, you know, vision is what we're looking for. I mean, I think the big piece there with, and, and CR or whomever is uh, uh, running clinics, they'll hear this. As the clinic owner, you're the CFO, the COO, the CEO, you're all the C's, right? You are the Mm -hmm. C-suite. You do payroll, you you do the opening and closing, you know, you pay the bills, you do all this stuff Um, to where once we acquire, we bring them under our wing, they're still the lead provider, there, the CRNA is because we want to have those ACLS and those PAL skill sets, right? For whatever comes into the door, we can really be able to work with pharmaceutical companies, whatever else. So that CRNA can lead that, we'll lead that clinic and they'll help to bring in, you know, hiring with therapists or, you know, psychiatrists and whomever, you know, but we help them to try to understand like, okay, this is what we think would be best. What do you think? So there's a lot of shared governance there. And then the CRNAs, you know, or, or nurse, I mean, we have a lot of really awesome nurse practitioners that have jo- joined us as well. But, you know, when those people come in and they're like, and we start seeing that niche that that person might want to do then we'll hire in for something that, you know, they were doing that they just, they're going to do like, actually, we have this promotion here. We're going to promote you here and we're going to hire somebody here to bring that in. So there's a lot of um, diversity there for for growth. Um, But yeah, we would be able, those clinics that come to us, we take over their marketing. um, We take over their accounting, um, their malpractice, their general liability, all those things that can somewhat be a headache, we take over all of those um, and, you know, paying all their utilities, their rent, all those things to where we actually give that CRNA a salary, um, give that they become a salaried individual. And then, um, you know, they get PTO, we're working on a 401k, we have internal insurance, medical insurance. Um, so it's really bringing them in, but really they're more of a corporate executive okay. um, to help lead that location. God gotcha. help build it there. There's actually, there's a lot of people are like, I don't want to be employee. There's a lot more responsibility than being an employee. Um, there's a lot of super awesome growth potentials there because we also have an athletic sector, right? We have an athletic advisory board. Uh, mm-hmm. we have a police division to where we've treated a lot of active duty police officers. Um, we have adolescent division, Uh, We have a contract with the Department of Defense through the VA. So we have a huge veteran division, you know, so it's all these even different divisions that we're creating to where, Mm -hmm. yeah, somebody comes in and, hey, uh, you know, I I mean, whatever experience they may have. Hey, I've been married to a police officer for 30 years. I understand it. I get it. I really Mm -hmm. want to help out with that division. We'll help, you know, that person can actually help lead that division grow out as well. Mm -hmm. So there's just tons of opportunity.
0: Yeah. Well, and it sounds like too, I mean, if somebody was in a region, you know, like say here in North Carolina, where I live and, and you needed somebody who was more of a regional manager, if they're opening up and, you know, overseeing the opening or running of several clinics at once, then that's a whole other opportunity in and of itself. So, um, yep. yeah, but that, and, and I think it's interesting. Yeah, I, I would not have thought about, the different divisions that you talked about, the, the police division, the VA, all those kinds of things. You imagine those types of people coming in and certainly there are there are concentrations of veterans in certain towns, you know, um, that, that, you know, where there's a military base and things like that. But to to actually put the specific emphasis on saying, you know what, this is what we're you know, we're going to have some specialized help for this population. I think that's remarkable. I, I commend you on that, you know, because that's something that you just you, you don't see as much of for, you know, these size of, of clinics. You know, normally it's like, OK, well, whoever comes in the door, that's who we're going to take care of. And and not to say that that's not what's happening, but, you know, it's well, it, the specialization certainly helps, I think.
1: Right. And, and so, you know, traditionally speaking, when we say underserved, we always think of the financially disadvantaged. But if you look at every division that we have, those are all underserved divisions because they're divisions that people don't feel comfortable. So adolescence, like the youngest we've had is 12. There's not a lot of providers that want to take care of anything less than 21 years of age. Mm-hmm. You know, fortunately, as anesthesia providers with our PAL certification, we're comfortable in dealing with kids. Like we've been trained specifically on how to deal with the pediatric population. You know, so it's it's those pieces to where. You want to be able to have somebody who feels comfortable, even with the therapist, right? So we actually have a, 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 a therapist that worked with special forces in the military. Mm-hmm. You know, that therapist understands what those guys and gals go through, you know, in the military to whereas if I just had a new grad therapist who is working, like I wouldn't put them with a the sniper, you mm-hmm. know, so mm-hmm. we really want to be able to speak to the cultures that come to us. Um, You know, even even like, um, you know, the different populations of color. Right. So we even we have a um, um, we have a female, a black female nurse practitioner who's working in mental health.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Most of our black individuals don't look at mental health at all because of, you know, historical things, right? The Tuskegee experiments and things like that. Mm -hmm. But they're still struggling and suffering and they still have an issue, but it's much more behind closed doors because these people just aren't, ready to talk about it. So how yeah. do we make sure that they're being heard as well? So every piece of this company will have some type of diversity to where they, anybody, I'll tell people, I don't care what you are, what you're going for, whatever else, when you walk through that door, every person associated with this company is there to help you support your goals. And yeah. we don't care, you know, and, and, and that's, that's a piece with the medical field. We were never told to ask, Why someone was there, we were treating that person and if we didn't treat them that was against our ethics. That doesn't actually exist in the mental health world. In the mental health world there if their values don't align, then they can't see that person that's really hard right now. I mean, for me to understand as a medical provider, because it didn't matter if somebody came in with shackles on and four officers, I couldn't ask them what they did. I was there to take care of that person. And that's what I want this company to represent. And that's why I think the CRNAs, having those leadership roles, having that empathy, but also those critical care skills, that's what sets us apart, Mm -hmm. you know?
0: Yeah. So I would love to, to learn more about what your clinic's actually offer from a service perspective? Because we've talked about all the people that are involved, um, you know, in some way, but what is it that, um, that a client gets, like when they walk in the door, um, what are they coming into your clinics to find and what is it that they actually find?
1: Um, so a lot of times, you know, a lot of times some people are just looking for help, right? They're just Mm -hmm. looking for somebody to answer the call and try not to, um, have a nine month wait. Other people are I've tried all these things. It doesn't work Um, or I don't want to get on a pill. Um, You know, I mean, there's just a lot of different things. So with the clinics, you know, we do offer consults, complimentary consults for for every um, person that wants to come in. Um, You know, so we we want people to come in with consults with referrals. Mm -hmm. But. If somebody's just trying to look and to you know um, to understand, like what are you offering? Like we we make it able to where anybody can call and you just come and sit and talk to a provider. And if they don't have the you know the background or you know to meet the protocols that we have, then we send them to a therapist, and the therapist can help with that because therapists diagnose people all the time, mm-hmm. right? That's part of their scope of practice. So you know, so when if somebody wanted to come in, like we offer ketamine infusions therapy. So we do intra therapy infusions. Mm. Um, we offer mental health coaching, which is different than therapy. So it's like, um, Hey, I'm looking for some direction. It's almost like a uh, uh, personal training for your brain. Yeah. But, but I'm just looking for some direction on, on the way life's going and, and I don't need to process anything. I don't, I don't need a therapist, but I just need some direction. Mm-hmm. So we have mental health coaching, Uh, We have vitamin infusions, which are remarkable. Like I get them quarterly, Uh, had no idea that vitamin infusions were so amazing. But, you know, just a small gist of that is, you know, cellularly wise, when you take vitamins IV, you absorb hundred percent. It creates over eight, 800 enzymatic processes that last for four to six weeks, even though they're water soluble. Orally speaking, you absorb a max of 40% of whatever you take because it doesn't bypass first pass metabolism, you know, goes through the gut, does all these things um, to where you just oversaturate your receptors. As everyone probably knows who feels like they took a little bit too many vitamins, you oversaturate your receptors. You're in the bathroom acutely, Um, you know, so, but IV wise, you don't, you bypass all of that, right? So um, vitamins great for your health, great for tendons and ligament repair. Uh, There's a lot of studies on pain. Um, the fogginess, so actually post COVID long hauler syndrome, um, 30% of people who have, who had COVID are having the long haul, we're given a Myers cocktail and 25 grams of vitamin C, and we're having almost hundred um, percent, of increase in their or decrease in the symptoms to where they're able to take a deeper breath their brain fog goes away they're able to sleep and they go to the gym like the fatigue's gone like mm-hmm. all of a sudden so it's it's these things that our research and development team's really hammering on we also offer tms transcranial magnetic stimulation that is like different um i would yeah. say to- More voodoo-ish, especially in our space, (laughs) knowing medicine. But so TMS, they uh, recognize that people who actually had repetitive MRIs back in the 80s were having decrease in their symptoms of depression. So they took that, they ran with it. And what TMS is showing is it's actually changing the neuromodulation. So it's the repetitive forces. And if you think about it, I mean, if we go down to the cellular level and you're like, well, we do have a lot of metals and they are using magnets. So are they using those magnets, you know, and they'll go to the same area. And it's, it's to strengthen those structures to where people are actually having more um, cohesive, prioritized, categorized thought processes, which actually takes them out of that. I don't know. I just don't feel right kind of thing, you know, mm-hmm. so it's mm-hmm. not invasive. Right. And people can mm-hmm. pay cash for that. Insurance is starting to cover it. You have to fail um, four for Um, antidepressants before insurance will cover it. So that's kind Mm. of a hellacious process someone has to go through in order to get covered by insurance. But we do have bundling options for pricing and stuff with that. Um, We have Spravato. So Spravato is a um, FDA approved uh, nasal spray. It's S-ketamine. It's not as as effective as IV ketamine. But you know what? IV is not for everybody, right? I mean, some people could do Spravato. and, And we do actually, we see... This, from what the studies say versus what we've seen, what we've seen is much more remarkable than what the studies say. Okay. And so, so the people with spravado are the ones I can't get out of bed. Um, I feel like I have no quality of life. I don't want to kill myself, but you know, I'm, they're not acutely suicidal or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Because Spravato takes two to three to four weeks, so it's more of your chronic people, and they've had to fail, you know, two antidepressants before insurance will cover that. So. The services that we offer, somebody can walk in and actually we have acupuncture in our Knoxville clinic. Hopefully we'll have it at all the Mm -hmm. other clinics as well, but they walk in and it's going to be a full service wellness clinic, right? So mental health, we're making that part of who we are Mm -hmm. Um, to, is it neurologic? Are you thinking, are we conditioning ourselves correctly or incorrectly? Can we break the pattern? Like, cause all of us are on a path. We may not recognize it, but we all are. And sometimes our paths need to be readjusted to where we can just get on a different path and be like, Oh my gosh, I had no idea. I didn't know that it was thinking that way. So those are the pieces that we really want to be able to speak to the person instead of speaking specifically to the diagnosis. So when people come in with depression, depression is a 72% blanket diagnosis. Usually there's four other things that are coexisting with depression. So you'll have symptoms of trauma, anxiety, suicidality, and depression. So when that person comes in with a diagnosis of depression, we expect there's much more complexity to that because that are they really treatment resistant or are we just not addressing directly what's causing those symptoms to show themselves?
0: Mm -hmm. Wow. That was awesome. (laughs) That was so cool. so now we talked about uh, expanding in the future, you know, the, the idea of having well over 100 clinics by 2025. Um, so that's obviously in just a few years. What is what do you think is going to happen in the next 10 years with this space?
1: I think mental health is going to change completely. Yeah. Um, yeah. With this space, especially, I mean, it's an optimal time right now. Hospitals, you know, they, they've decreased. I mean, think about it. Fifteen years ago, we kept people in the hospital seven, 10 days. Um, you know, insurance companies, they just don't pay for it now mm-hmm. unless you're dying.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: so, you know, but then we closed all the mental health facilities, um, you know, 10 years years-ish ago. So, you know, we, we've done all these things to where we haven't had anything that could actually replace it until now. Mm-hmm. So I think that these clinics are going to be able to be that um, bridge between primary care and the hospital or primary care in the ER. It's going to be the urgent cares, but it's going to be a wellness urgent care, not, hey, I broke my bone, my bone needs mm-hmm. to be replaced. You know, it's it's one of those you know, they, when they walk in, we'll be able to treat the person as a whole and understand the somatic responses as well as whatever the mind's doing versus the anatomical presentations of things. So I'm really, really hopeful, um, for the world. Honestly, I know that's a big statement, but, um, people are starting to catch on. Australia just had a huge meeting with this. Um, Europe had a big meeting, you know, so it's, it's, um, they're starting to catch on. If anybody feels hopeless right now, these clinics should bring people hope, but it's going to be the fact of our providers taking care of ourselves and each other in order to make sure we all move together in a forward, in a forward, you know, progress.
0: Yeah. Well, Katie, this is, I mean, just been such an enlightening look into the intersection of, you know, mental health and, and business and, you know, society in general and so i i do uh you know we we've run pretty long here so i want to give folks a chance to get a hold of you and possibly get involved with what you're doing how can they do that uh,
1: a couple of things so uh you know each location has its own website um so we we have seven locations open now but grossly speaking you know you go to revitalist.com um and then also Uh, The best way to get in touch with me most effectively would be the email corporate at revitalist.com. My personal email is Catherine Walker at revitalist.com. But it takes a second. I I'll get back to people. They may have to like tap me on the shoulder again. I'll get back to people, but it just takes a second sometimes. So um, I would say that would be the best ways to start corporately and then it will get, um, you know, diluted down to me, but Yeah always, always we're looking for people. We're looking for the best people to help to push forward with this mission.
0: Fantastic. Well, this has been a lot of fun and, um, you know, thank you so much for, for joining me today. Best of luck to you with your business moving forward. I got so much out of the conversation that I had with Katie. She has such a wonderful vision for her company and she's surrounding herself with the right people to actually make it happen. More importantly, though, she's repeatedly emphasized that the same traits that make us successful anesthetists also make us successful in the business world. CRNAs are able to look at the whole picture of a situation, prioritize the immediate needs, and then take action. These are crucial talents in the world of business. And I'm constantly impressed at the ways that anesthetists utilize their abilities to push the envelope. There are just so many amazing stories out there. Now, that's going to do it for me. Until next time, be safe and take care of each other out there. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Plan B CRNA podcast. If you haven't already subscribed and reviewed the show, I'd be honored if you took the extra time. It really helps to expand our reach and get the word out about the show. If you're a CRNA who is interested in sharing your story on our podcast, I'd love to have you. Please email me at bobby at oncallinvestments.com for more information. This episode was brought to you by On Call Capital. They're dedicated to helping providers like you develop passive income and generational wealth through investments in the apartment and alternative investment spaces. Feel free to check out their website at www.oncallinvestments.com and subscribe to their free educational email series. You can find On Call Capital on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can also check out our YouTube page, where you'll find all of the show episodes along with other educational videos. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode.